Hello and welcome to another episode of Reap the Spoils. My name is Mark Sullivan. My name Delilah cut me off. My name is Jason Kwasnicki. I'm pretty sure she's supposed to go before you. That's the order that we designated in episode one. So really, Alright, I fucked like, up, okay? Yeah, it sounds I'll like admit it. I'll swallow my pride. It's fine. Nobody gives a shit who we are anyway. No <laughs> <worries>. <laughs> They're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Talk about the game. And uh hey Delilah, what game are we talking about? Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. Dun 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 dun. But first before we start the show proper, what? I have a, a little eulogy that I want to share with everybody. Oh my god. Yay. So I'm not a, I don't even, I gave my Switch to my brother. I don't know, I'm not a big uh, Amiibo guy, but I, I, there was one Amiibo in particular that I wanted that my mother gave to me for Christmas. It is the uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time Link Amiibo with him playing his, his little Ocarina. I remember that Amiibo. And, uh, unfortunately, when I came home from my vacation oh, no. this weekend, uh, I came home to find next to my PS3 setup in my office, which I currently sit, uh, I came to find this. Oh, no! Um, and and the worst part is, so he my, my dog, she ate the ocarina. I don't know how she got the ocarina. Well, she also got one of the hands and the head. She actually left the hat and the hair <laughs> and the Hylian shield is here because it wasn't as tasty as human flesh fortunately <laughs> if I if I ever get uh, if I ever get my switch back to play Breath of the Wild if I, I hope I never have to play Breath of the Wild again I can still still use it I think yes you can to get the costume well um, but this this folks and I'm a bit sad this is why I can't be a real nerd and buy statues and and such like Mark that's our segue into one of my favorite games of all time. I'm sorry about your... Solitude, Lens of Sons of Liberty. Yes. Um, I'm sorry about your <laughs> Link Amiibo. At least there's one good thing that came out of this, and that it's that uh, Delilah and I know what to get you for Christmas this year. Um, <laughs> yes, what game wasn't Link in? Link was not in uh, Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, which is the game that we're talking about today. Unless you name your main character... Link. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a weird thing. We'll we'll we, let, we'll talk about that. Uh, but first, uh, let me let, let me just give the the usual intro rundown. Uh, this this show is a spoiler cast. Uh, we do a spoiler cast on a game. The game this time is Metal Gear Solid Two: Sons of Liberty. Uh, if you've not played this game, oh, for the love of God, pause this episode and go fucking play it. Uh, Jason said it's one of his favorite games of all time. It's one of my favorite games of all time. Delilah. Mm, you know, I need to replay the rest of them as a 32-year-old woman. Okay. I feel like three. I feel like three might be, but memory served me that two is my favorite. But now that I replayed it, I'm like, huh? Now I wonder mm. what is actually my favorite. That's okay. interesting because I actually recently played one um, all the way through because I had seen bits and pieces of it as a kid, but I had never owned an original PlayStation when it was out. You know, in its actual generation. And with the MGS um, HD collection, I, for, for the first time, was uh, able to play all the way through one. And actually, having played through one now, I actually appreciate MGS2 even more. Mm. Yeah, and that's that's something I do want to add. This is an interesting caveat for this game that I want to provide. 
Um, we can't really talk about this game without also talking heavily about Metal Gear Solid 1, for reasons we'll get into. Um, but let it be known that if you're listening to this episode and you haven't played either Metal Gear Solid 1 or Metal Gear Solid 2, you should probably go play both of those just to be safe. We'll try to... I, we should try to keep it as light as possible on... on Like 3 and 4 and the rest of oh, the series. Oh, well, I completely disregard those. We're not going to talk about anything after 2, but... or, or No, no, we, we're not going to talk about anything after 2. But... One, we're probably going to have to... No, we're 100% going to have to dabble in. We'll try to keep it light. We'll um, only talk about what we have to, if we can help it. Uh, but just to be safe, you should go play both of those. I mean, they're both great games, so you should play them anyway. But for listening to this episode, go play both of those games. Then come back, press play. We'll pick up right here. Okay, we're going to talk about the game. First, let's do a... History lesson. Brief history. Yeah. Well, brief. <laughs> Cute. There's <laughs> so much. I found so much stuff on this game um, that, that was actually interesting to talk about. Like, there were games we've done in the past that I was struggling to find interesting facts to, to discuss about its development. Um, Days Gone was one of those examples. Uh, this, there, there's no shortage of interesting uh, historical information. I mean, that's half the story of the game is like the meta of the game yeah it's it's ah oh i love it so um the design document for the game uh kojima actually finished in january 1999 Uh, i want to say that was only a few months after uh middle gear solid one came out in the united states i didn't think to look up the date on that to to get a time comparison no it was Uh, a 90 Seven wasn't it? I believe. No, nah, I believe Metal Gear Solid One was uh, North America, nineteen ninety eight. I could be wrong, but even it, so, it was ninety seven or ninety eight. Yeah. Anyway, the very beginning of nineteen ninety nine, January nineteen ninety nine, the uh, design document for the game was finished. Uh, he, I didn't know this. He originally wanted to call it Metal Gear Solid Three in Roman numerals. Yes, I. I... And it Saw was that. to symbolize the three tallest buildings in New York City. That's <laughs> so bizarre and fascinating to me. Um, he and, the, and, and Kojima, you know, he wanted a, an emphasis on new gameplay mechanics, uh, not to mention new themes. The primary theme of this game, uh, as has been discussed about pretty much every Metal Gear game, uh, it's a, just a single word theme, so to speak. The one for this game was meme, which we'll get into. Yeah. Uh, but he also wanted to, he cited wanting to focusing on new mechanics, uh, themes of digitalization, uh, betrayal, blurring reality and fantasy was like the biggest thing that he, that he wanted to try and uh, present in this, in through this game. Uh, he had a production budget of 10 million dollars and used that to have to really up the engine and the details in the game more detailed facial expressions and real-time surroundings which an example that i think we can talk about uh right right off the top of my head is the ice bucket are you guys aware of this no uh in the tanker in like this kitchen area there's a bucket of ice oh yes yes and if you knock it over the ice melts in real time and creates a puddle that you can slip on 
Which I mean, you can slip on you can slip on a lot of things. You can slip on bird, bird poop. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's uh, but the, the, I I I just this this example always um interests me is 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 there's this bucket of ice that you can knock over and the ice will melt over time and become a puddle that you I think an enemy can even slip on it. Uh, if now that sounds like child's play, but for early two thousands that that's kind of huge. Yeah, and this game had a lot of that. Yes. A lot of a lot of hidden things that you might not encounter if you didn't like futz around. Yeah. Uh. I'll, I'll, and I I even opened up a, an Easter eggs page on on like the Metal Gear wiki. <clears throat> there were a lot more things that I just had no clue were in this game, and we're not going to yeah. cover them all because it would easily take five hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So yeah, uh, as as everyone who's played it knows, Raiden uh, is the actual primary protagonist that you play as for the majority of the game, and as we all, as anyone that knows this game's development and its history, he was kept completely a secret. All footage of the game shown before release had Snake, even sections of the game that had Raiden in them. They, he was swapped out for Snake. So everyone went into yeah. this ga- game believing you played a Snake the entire time. After the initial release trailer, I remember they, uh, when the second time they showed gameplay footage, it was actually that initial fight you have with um, Fortune uh, in the entry point. Uh, but they literally swapped, swapped, uh, swapped in the ride model for the Snake model. But it's literally the same exact fight. Yeah, he was <laughs> just <laughs> it's 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 like gaming's greatest gaming's greatest kept secret uh at, at least for the time. Um I I found this out too, which I found I I, I was mentioning it to you guys before we uh a couple weeks ago. Uh but the idea for Raiden So we we were discussing Jason in 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 the chat that uh it was always going to be a different protagonist because Kojima wanted to have a different character so that the player could see Snake through someone else's eyes. And he also didn't want to uh, force this veteran character to have to go through a tutorial again for the player to learn how to play the fucking game. So he was always going to have a different protagonist. And the idea for Raiden actually stemmed from him overhearing two female debuggers talk about how the game didn't appeal to them <laughs> because it was a bunch of old men. So Raiden was created to appeal to women. That's weird. <laughs> Why? It, 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 what, what do you think of Raiden, Delilah? Does, Ra- does Raiden not appeal to you? No, I mean, now to me, he's a child, but, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Besides that, he looks like um, a very feminine. Like he's androgynous, actually. Yes, like, yes. The long hair, thin, you know. Yeah, I don't like his bangs. His bangs really bother me. Yeah. Like the long hair is fine, just the bangs are so weird to me. Um, the plot went. Before you dive deep. Go ahead. So this is not something that I ever made note of in when I first played the game a while back. Um. In the beginning of the game, when you start it up, you see Snake's image uh, as, like, the game cover. And then when you beat the game, they show Raiden's image. Was that yes. just the HD remaster, or did they do that in the old I don't game? remember. I yeah. think that was done in the PS2 version as well. 
Okay. Because it was also, there's also like a hidden, not even hidden, and it's so silly. There's a thing where you can press, I want to say it's L2 or R2, and you'll see the screen flash and, a, and you'll hear a, a, a thunder strike mm. or a thunder sound. It's supposed to be lightning, you know, riding being, meaning lightning. I don't know, something cheesy like that. I'm pretty yeah. sure that was still there in the PS2 version. I so I'm I would assume that Raiden would still be in the title screen after finishing the game. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure either, but I do believe it was there. Either way, super cool. I love that. Yeah. Um. So the plot underwent uh, a, a numerous amount of changes. The game. Yeah, it must have really... sucked to be those writers on yeah, this right? game. Well, yeah, yeah, right. the The plot originally uh, took place in Iraq, involving uh, stopping uh, nuclear weapons and a new Metal Gear, of course. Um, that changed because there was a lot of real life politics involving the country of Iraq uh, around the late '90s, early 2000s. Yo, if uh, Saddam Hussein had been in Sons of Liberty. Yeah. What if you? What if Saddam Hussein had been a boss in Sons of Liberty? Oh my gosh! <laughs> Instead of Fat Man, it's Saddam Hussein rolling rolling around in uh, rollerblades. <laughs> so because of that, the game underwent many plot changes, and we got something a lot more local, the off the uh, off the coast of NYC. Uh, and even even then, the the ending the ending of the game was not without change, because. Shortly before this game was scheduled to release, September 11th happened in 2001. Mm-hmm. So they quickly proceeded to alter the ending, which takes place on top of the on top of Federal Hall. If I um, the Ar- Arsenal gear, I believe, was supposed to crash uh, through some buildings, which they changed uh they removed any sighting or mention of the twin towers from the game basically any acts of of destroying major historical architecture um was completely removed from the ending you don't even see arsenal crash into the city which it somehow does we just don't see it because Mm. they removed it they didn't want that to uh to be there and also another another thing that i found really interesting uh, another change that I think I knew at one point and forgot. Uh, they changed Ryan's uh, Japanese lettering. Uh, it used to be written in katakana, which is the Japanese alphabet used for uh, spelling out and pronouncing foreign words. They changed it to kanji because the katakana writing for Raiden was too close to bin Laden. Mm. It must have really sucked to be these writers. Yes. <laughs> so that's another small change that they that they decided to make um, as a result of the you know in- increasingly bad political climate and <clears throat> the nine eleven attacks. At least it wasn't really on the nose, like just putting Spider Man in front of a giant American flag at the end of your movie, like. <laughs> Oh, and that's another thing. They they removed that they were supposed to be uh, an American flag that fell on Solidus uh, after the final boss. Uh, that was also removed. Uh, they they removed a lot of 
uh, imagery of American flags and stuff like that. That was another thing that was changed. I, I forgot to mention. Um, in spite Which of all I find that, kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess because I feel, okay, well, thematically for, the, well, I, I we'll get to that later on. Yeah. So, in in spite of all that, the game did finally release on November thirteenth, two thousand one. Uh, Substance came out roughly a year later. Uh, this game has been kind of re-released to hell, um, so I didn't want to put all of the release dates in our notes, but Substance came out roughly a year later, uh, which added additional content and I think some small tweaks to the main uh, scenarios that you play through. And the game was re-released in HD for PS3 and Xbox 360 in 2011, and also Vita, I think, in 2012. So I don't remember when it was on Vita, but yeah. It 20, sounds about right. 2012, yeah, something like that. So, uh, yeah, that's our brief history lesson of Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. Let's mm-hmm. get into it. So, the game opens up with uh, the usual... Yeah. You're on the GW bridge. Um, yeah, the GW bridge. Yep. <laughs> um, some Snake little... is somehow smoking a cigarette in the rain. In the yeah, in the <laughs> the torrential downpour that just happened in New York City, and he's wearing a fucking poncho, having a cig, goes for a run, never clips the bungee cord to the bridge. Yes, I noticed that this time I played. It's the first time I ever noticed that. Pretty sure that bothered me the first time I played through the game, but I just didn't. It's Metal Gear. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Snake. But he goes He goes bungee jumping, lands on the tanker. We see our boys back. And then 10 minutes of conversations with Otacon. And they had an original mission that got changed mid-cutscene. Because terrorists, yeah, like, don't have to bog down with the details. What did we think of the tanker chapter? Was it um, a good intro? Yes, yes, I think so. It's a good intro. Although, although playing back now, and I didn't, I really didn't pick up on a lot of this as a kid. The tanker chapter kind of spoils like half the story, or at least it spoils Atacan. Um, Ocelot. Ocelot. Yeah. Like, if you don't understand what's going on with Ocelot from the tanker chapter, like, I don't understand, or I don't think you'll understand anything that's going to happen in this game. Yeah. And I, I will add that does, it, that does sort of get retconned later, but we won't talk about how or why. Right. What I find so odd about that, so as we come to find out, what Jason's referring to is is that Liquid, Snake's brother, uh, is, has possessed Ocelot through his arm. Through his arm, which, as far as you know, if if you're going back to when this game was released, as far as you know, Ocelot still only had one arm because it had, you know, he had lost it in Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, 1. it got it got chopped off. So the first time you see him with two arms, you have no idea what the fuck's going on. Well, yeah. There's no, there's no like expl- There's really no explanation for his arm until later in the game when you're overhearing Ocelot talk with uh, the main quote unquote antagonist. Yeah. But like, I don't know. How do you? Uh, never mind. 
<laughs> I, I, I'm about to ask the logistics of how they how they grafted another man's arm to Ocelot, and it just functions perfectly fine. But I feel like the bigger question is how the fuck is Liquid possessing him through a fucking through arm? His arm? You know, what? Well, we find out in the, in chapter four. The thing that the thing that bothers me the most is that <laughs> Liquid's voice comes out. Yeah. When he, after he goes through his little pain process. Hello, brother. It's so <laughs> off-putting. It, it was off-putting then. It's off-putting now. It's so bizarre. But... And it's not really relevant for, like, the rest of the game. <laughs> it's... It, it co- I mean, it does come back. We'll, we'll, we'll circle back to it that. Does, but... No, it, it does in ways, but, like, still... It that was totally unnecessary. It's so and, no and really, having his voice. Yes, is totally unnecessary. It, it, <laughs> I guess no, it's liquid, just the ha- liquid in general was totally unnecessary. Uh, like I mean, if you I think guess... about if you think about the totality of the timeline of and yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything for Delilah. later Metal Gears, but I'm just saying he's whipping you, out the big words. He whipped out the word totality. <laughs> but if you think of the overarching narrative, and if you think about you know, Ocelot's place in this particular story, Liquid could have just died in one and been gone. I I agree. I I, I do agree with that, but... It almost made it worse. Like, it made... And and for those who are going on to play 4, you'll understand what I mean when I say it made things worse keeping Liquid around. You have to to make things worse to make things better, right? If that's to say things got better at some point, maybe. I feel like they just did that so that the player can question, like, is Ocelot, like, still bad? Like, that this, like, theme of betrayal that's consistent uh, throughout Metal Gear Solid 2. But, I, um, I agree, but to an even further extent, I think they did it just to confuse the fuck out of everyone. Yeah, that because, too. Yeah. And, and, and they're, like, at that point in the game, they're already throwing around shit that you have no, that hasn't been mentioned previously at all in the, in the Metal Gear saga. So, like, Ocelot just says, re- you know, referring to Metal Gear Ray, which is your mission in the tanker, is to find evidence of Metal Gear Ray, as now you are no longer working for the government or the military. You're working with Othel- Ocelot as part of a uh, NGO. Otacon. I just, I just say, I keep m- mixing up <laughs> Ocelot and Otacon. I used to be an anime otaku. <laughs> um, it's just like one of my Japanese animes. <laughs> but E but uh <laughs> I just I just love and we'll get to it later. I love this scene with Otacon. They're just walking dramatically and Otacon just has a fucking parrot or a parakeet or whatever on his shoulder like uh but uh, uh yeah. But no, back to what I was saying. Even from that early chapter while you're trying to get evidence of Metal Gear Ray to get it out to the news so that the people know what the government's really doing. That's kind of what Snake and Otacon are trying to do after uh, Shadow Moses and the incident in Metal Gear 1, or Metal Gear Solid 1, sorry. Uh, Yes, Metal Gear 1 is a different game. Yeah, (laughs) totally different games. Um, Ocelot just comes and says, I am reclaiming it for the Patriots. And all of a sudden, this random Marine officer, who you have at that point no idea who he is, is like, the la la lo la la And you would think, like, later on, you find out who the Patriots are. They're this ultra-super-secret organization that runs the world. How the fuck does, like, some random-ass Marine 
colonel know who well, the fuck this is when like because not even not even like secretaries in the white house know it's funny because we do kind of get an explanation again we get an explanation for that in a later game but the funny thing is yeah he says the lot of though and we have absolutely we we never get any context or explanation behind that uh until metal gear solid 4 seven years later <laughs> yeah so and I, honestly the I feel... series just went on this long just hearing but, the lot of though and having no fucking idea what the fuck that means as funny as that is i thought that when i was a kid i actually thought that was really cool just the mystery of it because it's like, oh, these high government guys, they only refer to it by, like, this fucking weird-ass nickname. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> no, but it does. The no, mystery I, is what made the the Patriots what they were in the earlier games. I, I agree. I, I, I will agree with you. <sighs> but let's move on. Yes, let's let us let us move on. So we liked the tanker chapter. Is a good is a good intro? Yeah, it's basically uh, a, a miniature. A, it's basically a miniature version of what will be the larger game. Yeah, and and you know we meet several key players. We meet Olga, um, who 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 does come back later. She's actually your first boss fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not want to leave the union. Y- <laughs> y- yup. <laughs> but yeah, Ocelot steals Ray. Tanker, Tanker, uh, you know, crumbles, and what snake just died yeah but we're supposed to play as him for like the rest of the game (laughs) we saw other we saw other parts of the game that with snake in them that no he can't be dead right 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 what just happened (laughs) so then we go to the plant chapter Oh, before we move on, uh, the tanker chapter, besides this being a good tutorial, was a really good showcase for a lot of those new mechanics that this game brought. I feel exactly. like we should talk about those now before before we really get into the meat and potatoes. Uh, and a big one being first person, which yeah, one of my one of my bugaboos going back and playing MGS one after oh. having played all the other games. You is, didn't uh, you didn't go back and play the superior version, uh, Twin Snakes. We, uh, well, I should say we, the GameCube that I had uh, is still my parents' house. My sister refuses to give it up because there was one game on on the GameCube she plays all the time. It's like Pikmin, I don't know. Oh, well, yeah, Pikmin, (laughs) Pikmin, Pikmin was on the GameCube, yes. Um, I I was being facetious, though, because Twin Snakes is not the superior version of I thought it was. No, because they added like a bunch of weird, stupid shit that Snake does. That's just like it makes him out to be like some crazy superhero, and he's he's not. Yeah, the I thought the whole point of Metal Gear Solid One was he was just a soldier. Yeah. Yeah, he like backflips over a fucking rocket in Twin Snakes. It's fucking nonsense. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they added. And it should be noted, Twin Snakes is a remake of the of Metal Gear Solid One using Metal Gear Solid 2's assets and engine. So and has voice acting and everything. Well, so did the original, but it did have new voice acting. Yeah, yeah. New, newly recorded. But anyway, uh, yes, first person aiming was a huge thing. A- a- able to the ability to look in three D environments, up, down, left, right, uh, through a first person view. Big, big stuff, um, and also you had to be you, you had to be sneakier in this game. 
they really upped the uh the amount of the sneak you have to be yeah the ai that's a better way of putting it <laughs> than right. upping the sneak <laughs> and the ai was unusually good for a game of that time yeah yeah like there like the few times playing through this where i got caught which was usually frustratingly because i couldn't one, one of the things was i was still trying to rely on the soliton radar the radar mechanic where you can see, you know, the map above and all the dots moving, showing where guys are. Um, even with that, where you can see the dots moving around, you couldn't always tell how far away were you far away enough that they couldn't right. see you. What direction were they looking in? Uh, you know, all that stuff. Um, and they would s- even switch up their paths. Sometimes guards would fall asleep. Some guards would look around, and if no one, if they thought no one was looking, at least. Pee over the sides of railings. <laughs> you can walk under and slip on their pee, and they might hear you and come down to look. Um, interesting stuff for the time. Uh, quick question: What difficulty did you guys play on? I just did normal. Normal, normal. Yeah. cool. So we we're all on the same page. All right. Yeah, I was playing on normal, and looking at the Solitaire radar, you know, you're not in that cone. But they can still see a, a, a good range, and even just out of the, out of the very edge of that of that cone that they of, of vision that they have, like you can get spotted really easily. The AI yes. the AI was vastly improved, and really really impressive for the time. Yeah, and I haven't played Metal Gear Solid One over again, but I don't remember there being that much AI that come at you once you're caught. Like, I feel like you're borderline dead in Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah, because what they really did with Metal Gear Solid 2 was, aside from an alert and an evasion phase, if you do manage to to sneak away and, and hide, they have a caution phase where a couple guards will linger back and still patrol with the guards that are usually in the room. Right. It, they've really upped the security uh, function of the AI in this game. And they check, you know, the lockers. They they go around and check everywhere. They'll do a clearing of each room. Go in, check every corner. Uh, you still have your boxes, but they'll check the boxes. And yeah, they, the 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 AI is was really good in this game. Um, other things that they added, like part of the whole uh, having to be sneakier, having to up the sneak, if you will. Um, there's shadows and lighting effects. Lighting will affect, and, and especially in certain bosses. Like there's a boss, uh, there's a part in Olga's fight where she'll move a light to shine in your eyes, mm-hmm. and you have to shoot the light out so you can actually see what the fuck you're doing. I completely forgot you could do that. So I literally, ha- I, I literally beat her with the light in my face. <laughs> I just kept shooting where I knew she was, and yeah. until I hit her. There's also a boss later in the game uh, where the lights can actually freeze you in your tracks. And the way around that is to shoot them out beforehand. Mm. Um, yeah, so the neat little things in the environment. Uh, you can peek around corners. You can hide bodies in lockers that you either put to sleep, knock out, kill. Um, all the re- real-time stuff and something that sticks with the series uh, forever and becomes kind of a main focus uh, especially if you go for the higher ranks that you can get. Um, being non-lethal about the entire playthrough. Yes. You're given a trank, tranquilizer gun. 
Uh, you're even given a tranquilizing sniper rifle at some point. Um, and you can play through the game without killing a single person. Even the bosses. They still die, like... can In canon, they still die somehow. I guess they overdose on sleeping drugs. You just can't use the weapon that has that's red, basically, yeah. in your items. So um, it took me a while to readjust to this kind of first-person view because you had to press the square button, and after yeah. playing years of modern <clears throat> games, it it was just like really hard for me to readjust. So the tanker episode like really helped me out a lot. Yeah. Um, but then then when you start playing as Raiden and you don't have the silencer, I was like, ah, fuck, God. <laughs> and you also had to readjust to fixed cameras, which you know, seem kind of quaint and outdated these days. But in a way, I almost appreciate it for being, like, a a big fan of stealth games. On one hand, yes, it's annoying that sometimes you can get unfairly caught due to the fixed camera. But on the other hand, the increased difficulty, like, made it feel like I was actually playing a game when and when I look back, as much fun as I had with the Phantom Pain, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, as much fun as I had with the mechanics of that game, and as good as it felt to play, I, I felt like this game was so much more of a challenge, and as a result, so much more fun. Oh, absolutely, more of a challenge. I mean, the AI are still smart in Metal Gear Five. You know, like that. I feel like Metal Gear series has the smartest AI uh, when it comes to stealth. Um, and that carried over in Metal Gear Solid Five, but you can you had there was an open world, so you could kind of like get different angles. Whereas here, it's like if you get caught, like you have like yeah, and you were Superman, and you were Superman, and you could slow down time. Whereas here, you still have like opportunities here. So like if a guard sees you and he goes to call it in, if you're fast enough and good enough with that first person camera, and I did it multiple times, you can shoot the radio out of their hand yeah. or put them to sleep before they talk. Now they might they'll still send guards down. Um, to check out the situation, but like you won't go into alert phase. Yeah, was this the case in Metal Gear Solid One, where if you shoot different parts of the body, like the chest and the head, will put them to sleep there faster? Was no first, there was no first person. Well, no. right. I'm sorry. Like just so yeah, it was just basically shooting them, and that's it. Yeah, like you, you didn't. Yes, you just yeah. yeah. Aim and aim and aim and shoot. There's no and but there's no like specific aiming. There's no body parts or anything. That, that was another big thing. Is certain yeah. body parts. Uh, really played into rated into the game. I don't know if you guys messed around with uh holding up guards for dog tags or anything, but Oh yeah, shake them up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there there are guards that'll be like all macho oh. man like, "Yeah, you're not doing shit. What are you going to do? Shoot me?" And then <laughs> you hold them up with the trank gun. It's like, "Yeah, motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you." <laughs> Whip out the socom, shoot him in the kneecap, and he's like, "Ow, all right, here." Or what I always like to do is I like to shoot right next to his head. So the bullet the bullet goes past his head, and then he gets real scared that I'm gonna kill him. Uh, you got to keep what you really got to do is keep banging on the walls and making the guards run all the, all over the place, and eventually they just start shouting like, "Who is doing this?" <laughs> it's really like a it yeah, and that's and that's another beautiful thing about this game is like, for that time, and and what they give you like it it, it it's a nice little fun little sandbox. With a lot of the shit you can do. Like, you can hang off of railings and just, like, sneak around that way. You can hide in lockers, knock on shit. No one yeah. cares. The guards get all confused. And they'll, and, and, and the AI is so advanced for, for the time. It's just, there's so much shit you can do. They'll even point out there are, there are multiple boxes in this game that you can hide under. And if you use the wrong box in the wrong area, 
the guards will notice and yeah. they'll actually come and kick you out of the box. So it's, uh, it's great. I love this game. All right. So, do I. <laughs> so yeah, moving on plant chapter, get this weird blonde haired boy swimming, <laughs> going for a swim happens upon a hole in the fence goes into this this plant and he's being spoken to by a familiar voice <laughs> colonel campbell except and i don't know if you guys noticed this I'm, I'm sure you did but he's never called colonel campbell he's yeah, only ever the called the colonel and right. it's a face we recognize it's a name we recognize but it's that that's campbell right like isn't that campbell or is it? Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. All right. So, and 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 he's calling this dude Snake. We all just saw Snake die. And this isn't this isn't David Hater. Who the <laughs> who the fuck? So. And and not to mention after. The whole the whole th- hole in the fence meant there was another intruder, and when you turn that corner after getting into what what even was that like a like it was a dock. Yeah, it was like a docking bay with a little uh, a little submarine, and there was an elevator going up. Yeah, and it was quite literally just like the beginning of Metal Gear Solid One. Yeah, where even you get to out the... of the water into Shadow Moses, and there's an elevator going up, and as soon as you turn the corner to the room with the elevator, you see you that familiar there... ass. Yeah, you see, you see some familiar-looking legs, <laughs> good-looking booty, and you see two unconscious dudes on the floor. Some, yeah. As he's going up the elevator. <laughs> yep, sure do. Uh, and then you go and activate the node, which is what Jason was talking about uh, earlier by alluding to naming yourself Link. And this is. <laughs> This is a really odd thing that only makes sense at the very end of the game. Right. Uh, it, it's like one of those things that you that you have to you have to do ostensibly in every single area you go to in 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 the plant chapter, and you're just like, why the, why the fuck am I doing this? Why why is this necessary? And mm-hmm. then you get to that fu- that final cutscene at the end where, <clears throat> where it plays in, and you're like, ah, you have that aha moment. Gameplay-wise, it's also necessary just because this is the method by which you get the map for the Soliton radar for each area that you go into. Yeah. Which I guess is fine. Yeah, it's, it's like it's, kind of unnecessary, but... Yeah, and and I don't know. I guess it's fine. I, it's not something I want to complain about too much, so I'm not going to bother. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like again. It just for me, it added to the difficulty, and the game was already more difficult than most games that come out these years. Yeah. So, any making it more difficult just made it more enjoyable for me. And uh, so, yeah, the plant chapter. We go through. We meet a bunch of wacky and interesting people so after the colonel you're introduced to the analyst of the mission rosemary oh we're gonna talk about rosemary right now all right here we fucking go what do you guys think of rosemary 
<laughs> like like towards it like at the end i don't or care like... i don't give like it's spoiler cast like we can we can jump around do whatever the fuck we want what do you guys well, think i, I Rose thought it i thought it i thought it just made sense because in the beginning i was i wanted to really pay attention to the dialogue between rosemary and um and uh, Raiden uh throughout this game because i never really did i kind of skipped over it when i was a kid playing the game you mean uh, i think you mean jack yeah well <laughs> She doesn't start jing. She she says ride in that first if I remember Yo, correctly. Because but... all right, the colonel says, "Hey, all right, you're on this mission, but can you just do me one favor?" And she's like, "Sure." She's like, "Call him Raiden." She's like, "Okay, yeah. Raiden." And then every time you call her after that, Jack, it's, Jack. it's like, "Yeah, fucking listen." <laughs> I w- I will say overall, I did prefer. Um... Oh God, Mailing. What was her name? Mailing. Yeah, sorry. Uh... Meddling was was kind of more overall humorous. Um, well, this is but... this is the fun thing that Metal Gear Solid likes to do, and they did they 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 did it in one, two, and three, as far as I can remember, where your save person at right after you save the game will then proceed to give you a long uh, lecture about something. And Mei Ling yeah. used to do it about. She used to just do it about lots of proverbs, and she used to give you advice and stuff, and it was like always right. interesting stuff. Metal Gear Solid Three uh, was a uh, your save person. I'll just I'll just keep it as generic as possible. Talked to you about movies, classic films. And well, that's really well, fascinating. Well, it, it was it was interesting, but the more important thing I think is that throughout the game they hint at a deeper backstory to Raiden. Um, yes. And as the game goes on, it goes. As the game goes on, every time you save, it gets a little deeper and deeper. This is like true. it starts off simple enough, like talking about the first day they met, and as Mark was just saying, "Hey guys, at that do, night, do, do uh, you know what? Do you know what day tomorrow is?" Yeah, it's the first day we did, we met, Jack. <laughs> um, no, that, on their first date, the first night they met. They watched King Kong at least nine times. Yes, I'm sure, Ryan, you were watching King Kong nine times in a row. Like, but it's a good movie, Jason. You're not watching it nine times in a row. You're not really watching it. But as it goes on, you know, things get deeper, more interesting, a bit more personal between them. There was you know. nothing in your room, Jack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I see. That's what Jack solidifies it for me. To sleep with her, and he revealed he's terrified of the night. Uh, his nightmares, and then apparently she went into his personal room one time, and there was nothing in there. There was nothing in your room, Jack. White walls. And he got violent with her. And it actually does result, and we'll get to this later with some some of the big reveals at the end, it does help um, add a little bit to that twist at the end. It kind of helps foreshadow it a bit. Which is, you know, uh, to to the credit of the writers. Even if I think that should have been done, not necessarily, you know, from your save screen. I was just confused the whole time. I was like, why the why her? <laughs> well, that's that's a, that's a whole that's a whole another thing. Like, and that goes back to what Mark was saying about nobody ever says Colonel Campbell. They just say say Colonel. Everything's foreshadowing and like having played the game and going back and playing it again, like I said, with the tanker chapter, 
you can pretty easily see where everything's going uh, in retrospect. Yeah. yeah. Over, yeah. Um, what I was alluding to about interesting characters was not Rosemary. I was talking about our namesake. Yes. This Dead is Cell. this is Dead Cell Media. Fun fact: we named we 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 named ourselves Dead Cell Media, uh, because we're three people, and Dead Cell, in Metal Gear Solid Two, is technically three people. Yeah. And there's a girl and two guys, so we went with Dead Cell Media. Also, it comes off the tongue; it's pretty cool. We like Metal Gear, so we went with that. Come join the party. <laughs> That was way too good of an impression. I'm. That's why I'm fat, man. I'm scared and impressed. I can't do a good Romanian accent. I'm sorry. Um, what do yeah. you want, my queen? All right, stop. I always found that weird. They they referred to each other as queen and king, or actually no, they referred to Solidus as king. But they uh yeah. Anyway. Okay, so uh yeah, Dead Cell. These are these are our our peeps, man. And one of the things to notice here are the parallels between the Shadow Moses. Yeah, you know, the, pretty that much. You go through pretty in much. Metal Gear Solid One and Two. So maybe that's something we should talk about before we get onto all the other things. Is the the reason I say you should really play Metal Gear Solid One in addition to Metal Gear Solid Two if you're listening to this podcast. So if again, this is your last. This is your last chance. Stop. <laughs> press pause. Go away. Play those games. Come back. Press play. Okay, now, um, we find out. We find out momentarily. There's this S three plan that's thrown around. The idea of this S three plan, S three, S three. It stands for Solid Snake Simulation, and that's when it unravels that Dead Cell, uh, the appearance of a cyborg ninja. Uh, what else? The the presence of a person with the last name Emmerich could come up with a whole bunch of different scenarios, examples, but it all harkens back to things that happened at Shadow Moses. A black dude being the first one to die. Oh my god. Damn. So, yeah, all these different examples, uh, they all harken back to, to Shadow Moses. It's a Metal Gear Solid 1. And the whole idea behind that is Big Shell, the whole thing, the tanker sinking, and the Big Shell's presence, and someone infiltrating. All the little all the little references that you see sprinkled throughout, they're not just coincidence. The whole elevator thing that you mentioned, Jason, not a coincidence. Is I know, that's all, why I mentioned it. Is all, I know. I, I know. It was all orchestrated uh, to to basically copy um, Shadow Moses to create uh, another Solid Snake. Is ba- basically the whole S three plan was the idea that they could manufacture Solid Snakes, or is it? Or is it? But we'll but we'll we'll get we'll to get that to that. Bit. Yes, we have to. Talk That's a about whole another apple. The first S three plan. Uh, the S3 plan that's a part of the real S3 plan. Uh, so, so Dead Cell is basically 
Foxhound. Well, you know, to us at first, it kind of just looks like, oh, this is just Foxhound 2.0. That's literally what it is supposed to be in the context of the story, is repre- is presenting the trainee, as it were, with a group of crazies. Su- crazies slash supernatural bosses, basically, to make your way through. Um, yeah, so... Do- featuring Vamp, Fortune... And Fat Man, who you fight in the complete opposite order. I just introduced them in. <laughs> so, uh, what do we think of Dead Cell? I mean, clearly we like think, them. Yeah, they're yes. really cool. Um, I really like how they introduce each of these characters. Uh, specifically Vamp, I felt like that was extremely dark when you were like walking through the hallways and you just see like blood splattered all over the place, and then he just like shows up again. Um, another reference. Oh yeah, that first intro. Yes. <laughs> Where you also meet Iroquois Pliskin, <laughs> who is definitely and totally not Solid Snake. No. He no died way. on that tanker two years ago. <laughs> that ain't no Navy man. Yeah. Um, but uh yeah no the introduction to vamp is fucking awesome and he, he is the first one that you actually see in the game i mean you don't fight him first uh but it's just a cutscene you see shortly after you enter the tanker complex or, i'm sorry not the tanker the uh plant complex um names and, a, the name's a little on the nose yeah a little just a bit <laughs> um then you have fortune who can't be hit by any bullets and you know there's a pretty awesome scene where these navy seals try to shoot some grenades at her and uh a dud yeah no he doesn't say he doesn't ask he just goes a dud oh and then they all for some reason they run at her as if that's going to make anything any better um and she's got a <laughs> she got a giant ass uh rail gun which is fucking awesome yeah. Then you got Fat Man, the king of explosives. Uh, and he is literally a fat man. Probably. Who, the... who runs around, on, or rolls around, I should say, on rollerblades and shoots at you while drinking a cocktail and planting <laughs> bombs. Favorite boss fight. In I this honestly, this will be controversial probably, but I honestly like Dead Cell better than Foxhound. That's fine. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, because when it comes to Foxhound, the only one I really liked was Sniper uh, Sniper Wolf. Um, in terms of, I always thought Psycho Mantis was the fight itself wasn't overrated. It was awesome for the time. Yeah. But I feel like the only thing cool about Psycho Mantis was the mechanics of the fight. Not like, even it, the mechanics of the fight. Just what they managed to even just to pull off in the cutscene with him, which is really cheesy, but. For the time, it like it, it it could freak you the hell out. Like, oh, I'm gonna right. read your mind. Oh, you like to play Castlevania, and they're like, I do. How the fuck does he know that? <laughs> right. And then you know the the introduction of the Dual Shock at the time, and you know, I'm gonna make your controller move. Put it on the floor. <laughs> ah, see what I did there? It's like, it's so goofy and so campy. That's that's kind of what makes Psycho Manus, Psycho Manus, and and the mechanics of the fight as well. Um, but a lot of, a lot of Foxhound was, and then of course to... there's, there's the other one who is completely forgettable. I forget his name all the time. Um, uh, the guy oh, with the uh, revolver Ocelot. No, 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 not, not Ocelot. 
You can never forget Vul- Ocelot's Vulcan, the best Vulcan character. Raven. In Vulcan Raven, yeah. Which you can never forget Ocelot. He's the fucking best character in the series. Like, another another fun bit uh, about Vulcan Raven was the the, uh, the little action figure on the tanker. Oh yeah, we forgot to mention that. The yeah. light illuminating behind it, and you're, and and there's Snakes a little scene. Like, he goes up the Vulcan Raven. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's so goofy, but yeah, that's the best part of the series. Vulcan Raven's pretty forgettable. Decoy Octopus is we never even see technically. No, well, just we do. We just don't know that it's him. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Revolver Ocelot who. Might as well not even be a member of Foxhound because he's just... decoy octopus. <laughs> you might know me by another name, decoy octopus. Like what the fuck? <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily disagree. I, I feel that Dead Cell is overall has more memorable members of its crew. Like Psychomanus is like super memorable. Sniper Wolf is super memorable. Um and I don't even want to count Ocelot in that in that crew, but while Ocelot's his own guy, yeah. yeah while while Dead Cell is sort of a, a each individual is less memorable than those two I just mentioned. They're more memorable. the whole crew is more memorable overall. Mm-hmm. Uh I would say. Wait, you're saying Foxhound is more memorable? No, I'm saying Dead Cell uh, as a whole is more memorable. I also feel like Dead Cell just has... Each of the characters have... Besides Vamp, so really only two of them, have more integrated stories into the rest of the game. Yes. Which made the, gave you a bit more grounding for the fights. For sure. Like, Fat Man being the mentee of Peter Stillman, the bomb expert that happens to be there on the big shell. He comes in with the Navy SEALs. By the way, we should probably give some context as to why you're going onto the plant. Um, Dead Cell, at least as you are told by the colonel Mm -hmm. as you swim into the plant, is holding the president of the United States hostage at this plant. Are you a bad enough dude to save the president? Right. He's holding the president hostage, and they're holding them there for like a ransom of three billion dollars. And apparently, if the plant blows up, if the plant blows up, all the chemicals and gas will spill and destroy the entire eastern seaboard. Um, And you know, it just so happens that this plant was erected over the wreckage of the the tanker that sapped in the previous chapter that you played. Well, it's uh, that it it it's. It was put there because of the tanker. Right. It yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like it, it is a cleanup plant. Yes. Um to to cover up the uh environmental damage yeah, from the, it's a, the it's tanker. Supposed to be, it's supposed to be a symbol of environmental protection. Or is it da, da, da. But uh yes. So we should also mention at this point, so I think uh, I don't know, Delilah, did you did you get to get in your last thoughts on Dead Cell versus Fox? Yeah, I feel like we're talking feel, too much. Yeah. yeah, well, you guys, I think, have a better understanding of this game than I ever could, than most people ever could, uh, because you've played all of them, I think, fairly recently, um, and you've played all of them. I haven't. Um so, well, that's fine. So we don't wanna... even after beating this game, I was still confused well, that, about that's a still lot. Good. That's still good because it, it it's basically you get the opinion of a Metal Gear head and 
or a geary as some no, call no, us. No, no, and, no, no, stop. And and somebody who is more of a casual fan. Yes. Are you calling me a casual um, fan? I was just saying Delilah <laughs> the likes the games no, I just, casually. I just really wanted to bust your balls there. That was fun. <laughs> so Delilah, um, what you're really telling me is that we have to we have to keep doing episodes of this on Metal Gear games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually would like that, but not not like back to back. No, no, we'll we'll, we'll take a break. Uh, um, we'll, we'll go like fifty but, episodes before we do the next Metal Gear. The thing that's so confusing about this game is there's so many like different themes that come up, and I feel like with Fat Man specifically, um, this theme that comes up of like passing on the torch, you know, like passing your legacy on to like the next generation or whatever, kind of like I, I think like uh, a snake says this as the end. He has like this speech about like how you should you know pass your legacy on and. Uh, Raiden's like, oh, like he wants a kid to be able to do that and whatever. And Fat Man was basically had, um, he basically got passed on information of how to be a demolition, a master demolitionist, and that like bit everyone in the ass. Um, yeah, Peter Peter Stillman basically throughout one of the early segments of the plan chapter, you're basically running around to different segments, uh, deactivating bombs. That fat, fat man has planted apparently to take down the complex, except Peter Stillman happens to know they're not in the greatest places uh, to take down the complex. And it turns out it's a trap because taking them all out activates the two big ones. And of course, Stillman is killed. Um, and that's when you have to go confront the fat man. <laughs> yep. The fat man. So yeah, he was a he was a fun boss. Um, we could just talk about the boss battles against all of them real quick uh, before we move on from Dead Cell. He's a fun boss because he he's he's rollerblading around. You got to try and either shoot him down and trank him, or shoot him down and shoot him down. Um, and he's rollerblading around, planting bombs that you got to cool down on the fly. Um, lots of quick thinking there. And quick item changes. And quick item changes, which was a lot of fun playing on Vita, given given the way the control scheme works. It right. Was, uh, you got You got to use the touch screen a lot, and going in and out of that first person. I mean, that part wasn't too bad, but yeah, uh, I think you guys both played the HD port on PS3. I played the HD port on Vita because I've never played through it on Vita. And I think one of the nice things was that on the, um, I remember back in the day, you had it wasn't like X to select or anything. It was always circle. Um, uh, I think that was with MGS one for I, sure. But I think I I don't know. I I'm pretty sure it was MGS two as well. Maybe. All I know is that in the HD version, the collection for PS3, it's either switched or or maybe it's the same it was, but. That like made things significantly easier for me. Yeah, that's a that's an old um, Japanese thing, and, and it makes more sense. Like the X, you would uh, the X you would think would be the cancel button. Cancel it's an yeah. X and circle would be the confirm button. Um, it's a thing we see in a lot of Japanese games uh, from early on. But anyway, so yeah, I I think we all liked the Fat Man fight. <laughs> what about that fortune fight? If we can call it that, it's, yeah, it's, 
Yeah, because you can't do anything to her, so you're basically just surviving until the elevator comes. Yeah, Which, hiding behind boxes. I I don't know. I, I feel like of of all the bosses, like that that's the only one that's kind of a disappointment. Yeah. Definitely. Because it's just doing cartwheels in the back row. Yeah, that's another thing about Raiden I love. I love his cartwheels. Yeah. <laughs> There's no rolling. Doing those cartwheels. He's got you, those you, those locks waving in the wind. Even uh, I didn't I didn't try it this time around, and I, I don't remember. But even when he's like butt naked towards the end, he still does the cartwheels. Oh, he can still he? do the cartwheels. He just always yeah. has his hands uh, on his crotch. Yeah, you can't cover the you can't juicy do bits. First person, you can't do first person or anything because well, you kind of don't have anything game. to aim in first person with. Right. Well. You, you can still do first person normally in the game, but the game won't let you at that point do anything that would take his his hands off his crotch. It's pretty right. funny. Well, uh, but you don't really have anything that you can use to begin with. Like, you're completely disarmed. Right. So, it's... it's... Oh, that's right. You have to do the cartwheels because that's the only way you can knock people out. I mean, Either that or you just stealth. Yeah. If you're good at the game, Jason, you just sneak around. Well, maybe I just want to do some cartwheels. <laughs> I loved cartwheeling into yeah, the guys, though, and they're like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> he starts to call someone, you just cartwheel into him, and he gets yeah. knocked over. <laughs> if you're lucky, you could, like, knock him off the railing or something. Yeah. But, um. yeah, Fortune, Fortune's, like, the one boss, I would say, was, was pretty disappointing. Um, the vamp fight, though... It was outrageous. I, he, you freaking see him dancing on water, looking like he's dancing flamenco or some shit. Well, that's the thing. A fun fact, just a, I don't know if you guys are aware, he was modeled after a famous flamenco dancer. Really? Like even even his likeness. Yeah, I don't I don't have the name handy. I sorry. That's but so random. Yes, wow. Yeah. He was modeled after a famous flamenco dancer. I think even the likeness and everything. But I vamp, mean, vamp. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say dancing flamenco is one thing, but but to do what he did on on top of water, I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" Yes. <laughs> he uh, he he was. He doesn't have as much story as the other two, but I did like the fight. Um, I do like just the general situation, like, like basically, if you fall into this pit of water, there's no floating. Like you just. Keep sinking. Yeah, and that's the funny thing. Is yeah, this like, game always has some like if it's not nano machines, it's some other hokey ass explanation. Like yeah. uh the I don't even remember the explanation they it's get like for bacteria. that water. It's like bacteria or yeah, something, it's isn't like, it? If you go down, you're not coming back up. It's like okay. Yeah. Alright, guys. Um but yeah, that the, the the that vamp fight is the one that I was alluding to earlier about the lights they can if 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 left untouched he can use them to freeze you in your tracks and just approach you and slash you so shoot out the lights and you're totally fine he can't do that to you he can still spin around and throw knives at you like it's nobody's business i can't think of a good joke um but yeah he's but a fun he's, boss and, and he's definitely got uh, i would say fortune's introduction is better but his is almost there his introduction and of course, as we we prefaced earlier, this is where you meet Mr. Pliskin, Iroquois. Oh, Pliskin, his his initial introduction, yeah. Who, you know, it's resembles totally not, totally not Snake. Snake died on that tank or two years ago. And it's a clever, clever little reference by Kojima, because obviously, Solid Snake had always been modeled after Patrick Swayze, 
as Snake Plissken in uh, in what was that old '80s movie? First, first of all, Escape that, from... first of all, that was Kurt Russell. <laughs> Or Kurt Russell, I don't remember. I thought it was Patrick Swayze. No, it's not Patrick. Swayze. Actually, actually, originally, like back in the original Metal Gear, Metal Gear uh, Two, it was more modeled after um, Michael Bane from Terminator and uh, Aliens. Well, I know his his face in Metal Gear Solid One was supposed to resemble that of Christopher Walken. Um, that obviously evolved over time, and. Yes, Kojima being the movie buff that he is, uh, Iroquois Pliskin came from, or I think the name Snake even initially came from the character Snake Pliskin. Now, yeah, Plis- Snake Pliskin, Iroquois yeah. Pliskin being a secondary reference to the same character, because Kojima <laughs> loves movies. Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Yep, Patrick Swayze. Getting buddy. some, getting some dirty dancing in there. <laughs> um. But yeah, this guy who is pretending to be a Navy SEAL is obviously Snake. It's not really like dude. You would have to be a moron to actually believe it was. What are you? Snake. What are you talking about? Snake died on that tanker two years ago. Well, all I know is he's not a Navy man. <laughs> How many those more who dare? That's British Special Air Services. How many more times are we going to use the same jokes in this episode? But anyway, now we're going to move on. Uh, we kind of talked about Dead Cell quite a bit. We talked about uh, Iroquois Pliskin, who's totally not Snake. A snake died on that tanker two years ago. Um, <laughs> let's talk a bit about something you alluded to earlier when we were talking about Rosemary, uh, Raiden's past. Yeah. Yeah, so he's... Well, we really don't know anything about him going in. He's originally called Snake, and then they change his code name. Yeah, because uh, he's well, not Snake. Snake died yeah. on that tanker two years ago. <clears throat> yeah, so over the course of the game, um, you know, we find out he does have a bit of a pass with, you know, the assistant Rosemary, assistant analyst Rosemary, as uh, as we find out through the save screens and the little conversations they have, if you don't go through them. And as the game goes on, you meet Solidus, who implies a connection with Raiden. And eventually we find out Raiden has a uh, a bit of a dark past. He was a child soldier, mm-hmm. uh, a child soldier with a nickname, Jack the Ripper. Um, that might explain why he can't sleep at night and has nightmares and gets violent with his uh his girlfriend that might do it yeah <laughs> and and s- this is a good segue into solidus who is his adoptive father adoptive can can you really call him adoptive he just raised him yeah yeah he, and solidus to be, a, to be a killer if you're wondering why his name is solidus he is the brother of quote-unquote brother of snake and liquid snake um, he is the third clone of the original Big Boss, um, and you know he's he's the leader in of of what he calls the Sons of Liberty, uh, comprised of Dead Cell. Obviously, you know we fight them throughout, and obviously this is where the game gets its subtitle, Sons of Liberty, um, and in addition to other places. 
that we'll get to in a bit. Uh, but also, you know, the soldiers you're fighting throughout who he has hired members of the Gerlukovich uh, private army, which originally was run by Olga, who we Sergei. met in the chapter. Uh, Her father, yeah. Sergei. Was it Sergei? Sergei. Uh, he dies. He's killed by Ocelot along with uh, a Marine uh, a marine colonel. Um, God, I can't remember the last name. Um, um, uh, Dolph. Was it Dolph? Are you thinking, the, the, yeah, Marine Colonel Scott Dolph. Okay. Well, it turns out that that's Fortune's father, and it's one of the uh, big character uh, reveals she has is that her sorrow over over that death. Uh, and now, anyway, getting back to the the Russian private army, now it is run by Olga. So we see Olga again working for Solidus, as well as Ocelot, who is also working for Solidus. So, yeah, everybody are works they? for Solidus. Or are they? Or yes. do they? Because. <laughs> I feel like there's so many. Uh, here, here's the problem that I had with writing notes for this uh, for this episode was there's so many different bits that we have to talk about, but they all tie into one another. It's like crossing right. threads on a on a cork board. Like we already <laughs> talked about Fat Man, but one of the big things when that foreshadows everything when you're fighting Fat Man, or at least at the end, well, the beginning and the end, the opening cinematic and the ending cinematic, he has no idea about any ransom. And he wants nothing to do with them. All he wants to do is make a big explosion and kill his mentor to prove that he is the best and to put his name in the history books. Um, he has no idea what Solidus's actual plan is, much less Ocelot. Ocelot is always straddling the line. Um, and there are just weird sections of the game uh, obviously, I, we said that at one, your mission is to save the president, and at one point you do finally get to the president, and the president reveals to you uh, that he was also somehow involved in this. He was cooperating with Solidus because he was trying to take on a big, bad, secret, supranational organization called the Patriots, a.k.a. Supra, <laughs> Supra, aka, oh. AKA Beyond Nations, oh. called the, the Patriots, who secretly run everything, including the White House. Um, he yes. was trying to make, he was trying to hold hold them ransom, or not hold them ransom, but hold ransom a super secret weapon they were developing to try to broker a deal and get a seat with the Patriots. Uh, by cooperating with Ocelot, with Solidus, he thought he could do this. Uh, and that's how you learn who the Lala Lulelo is, or who they're referring to, at least. You don't really find out who they are. And then and then the president uh, is shot by Ocelot. And Ocelot just kind of looks at you and then walks away. You would, <laughs> think if, you would think if he was working for Solidus and they were the bad guys, he might kill you or at least take you prisoner. Well, another... I, another reason for that is is really just to once again play into that simulation of shadow moses where a lot of key figures seemingly just died uh for no apparent reason and right. and and that's and, and he was supposed to die but he went but raiden wasn't killing him and he wasn't dying so ocelot took matters into his own hands and again going back to the simulation in melgar solid one there's a fight with a, a plane and this one, you fight a Harrier jet 
while Solid Snake just keeps throwing you fucking <laughs> stinger missiles right. out of a helicopter. Here Ryan, you go, kid. Ryan, use this. Um, <laughs> that's actually a fun fight. That's one of my favorite parts of the game. I, 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 I'm not the biggest fan of that fight. Um, but I, I just, I love the cinematic afterwards where Solidus, because this is the introduction of Solidus, is that Harrier fight yeah. where Solidus jumps out and flexes and suddenly like his arms grow. It's really weird. He, um, he just he, he flexes his he, muscles and all of a sudden they like pop out and yeah. he goes all Arnold Schwarzenegger for no reason because he's about to jump into a Harrier jet um, yeah. to fight you. Pretty much. Uh, but it's a, it's a fun fight, but it, it very heavily parallels the same fight. I mean, against, even against the Hind D, the helicopter, yeah, and, and it has the same. Uh, or yeah, I said you fight a jet, you fight a Hind D, and in Metal Gear Solid One, sorry, Hind D, <laughs> a Kasatka. It must be the civilian model. Um, <laughs> but it even has the same result as in the other game, where it cuts off a main route to where you're trying to get to, so you got to go around. Um, oh yeah! By the way, I I want to touch on that real fucking fast. How many times do you guys die? Uh, three, three times. Three times. Yeah, one of them because I didn't realize that there were also um, ciphers in the area. I forgot about that, so I was just like literally just running past mm-hmm. guards, and all of a sudden there's a cipher that popped out of nowhere. And see, while you're just on that pipe walking. You can do a cartwheel over to the left to get to an AK suppressor. Mm. So I kept wanting to do that. I kept failing that jump because of all the things Metal Gear Solid 2 is, it's not a platformer. Yeah. It's not very good at platforming. But then it makes you platform but, in a way. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. I didn't even find that to be the most frustrating part of the game, but we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, Some I'm salt. About this. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Solidus and, and, and the president introduces you to the Patriots. So we really start to get this picture painted, especially in that, in that part uh, on top of Arsenal where – who the hell? And Arsenal, Arsenal, we should explain what Arsenal is. Arsenal, Arsenal is, a... is the secret weapon that I was referring to that the president was holding hostage. Basically, you find out that this whole platform you've been fighting over is a cover-up for the development of a giant Metal Gear that houses a bunch of other Metal Gears and a bunch of missiles, and it's called Arsenal Gear. It's, like a, it's also the, it's the like home a of an AI. Gear, it's like a Metal Gear battleship that Basically, just has other yes. Metal Gears. Um. I, I guess bat, a Metal Gear Cruiser or something. Yeah, whatever. You know what I mean. <laughs> but you really start to get this picture painted of Solidus wants to take down the Patriots. Uh, Ocelot is somewhat working for the Patriots. And Olga is... Her child is held captive by the Patriots and... She needs Raiden to complete his mission so that her child will be saved. And Raiden's being manipulated by the Patriots to take down Solidus, who opposes them. And that's a, that's another thing we haven't really talked about too much is Olga. While when we see actually Olga, she's working for Solidus, we find out eventually she is the ninja that is popping in and out. Obviously, there was also a cyber ninja in Metal Gear Solid 1. Again, the a, parallels. A cyber, a cyber ninja? Cyborg. Cyborg. 
Okay. You, you said slender. <laughs> Sorry. Know. It's cool. I was I thinking. Know. I don't care. Probably think. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Basically, she. You can say a word wrong, I make fun of you. That's basically all it is. She could deflect bullets with her sword. It's all good. And she has a Russian accent in a kind of what's the word uh, altered voice, which you should pick up on the Russian accent, and it's kind of obvious, but modulator, yeah. Um, She initially goes by Deep Throat, which is what the Cyborg Ninja went by initially in MGS1, and then once Raiden picks up on that connection, which, you know, another hint, hint, wink, wink, but once he picks up on that, she's immediately like, oh, uh, call me Mr. X. Yeah. Um. So we supposed to keep that in mind, I guess, until you find out the truth. And then you learn about the GWAI that the Patriots need to take control of society. Which is when then, really that this is when yeah things really start to get convoluted and crazy. And you know, Delilah, I know you 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 you've been saying that this game, you know, it's really confusing. Just because I get it now, and just because Jason gets it now. When I first played it, and I played this game late for the first time. I played this game for the first time, I want to say, in 2012. Oh, okay. I played it when it came out. Yeah. yeah. See, for if the I, first time. I was like, ugh, 2001, I was eight. Yeah. I would not have understood any of this shit. I hardly understood it as a teenager. Basically, um, basically, once you once you sit down and think about it and... And you get it. This is gaming's 1984, and quite scarily, it actually predicts a lot of like shit in the real world. Like, I mean, just the theme, meme, information control, mm-hmm. like what is real, what's fake, like things that are pretty relevant and topical. Not to get into too much outside discussion today, but regardless, like, yeah. I think I played this when I was like maybe 13 for the first time, and I- I'm. I was looking at it just as like it's a freaking movie, basically. <laughs> and then like the yeah. new mechanics they added um, was really cool. I didn't really pay attention too much to the nitty gritty of it. But even playing it at 32 years old, it's still very fucking confusing. No, I... especially if you haven't played the other ones as an adult as well, which is the situation that I'm I'm in now. Um, so yeah, it's. It's like Kingdom Hearts, but not as bad. <laughs> oh, it's not nearly as bad as Kingdom Hearts. No, it's at not. least at least you don't have four different characters with the same. All right, name. we're not getting into Jason's <laughs> Sorry, Kingdom Hearts rant. <laughs> but, damn, uh, damn, it's a lot. Yeah, You're trying to get him going. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but as soon as as soon as you find out what's going on with the Patriots, you start to question it, what is Solidus's true aims. Well, it turns out his true aims is actually to remove the Patriots' control over New York City, which very well might cause an economic meltdown. But is that necessarily a morally wrong thing? Because he wants to try to create a political haven free of this secret organization controlling everything. And then you... His intentions are definitely good. Yeah, and then you learn about how... What we thought stood for solid snake simulation action actually stands for selection for societal sanity. And you're told this by the crazy yeah. glitching out kernel. Yes, due to that's uh, the other thing. Yeah, we we, we didn't really go into uh, go into this much. So Emma Emmerich is on the plant. 
which is Hal's Otacon's sister. sister. Which, wow, what a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. So, e e. <laughs> it also turns out that uh, his sister is the one who tipped Snake and Otacon off to the uh, Metal Gear Ray being on the tanker to begin with. Yeah. In the game. Um, so basically, the Patriots have been setting this all in motion from the beginning, including with Solid Snake. But she and she gives Raiden a little bit of information on the Patriots, uh, including how um, they were how, the, the start of how they were able to really take control of the digital age. Uh, what was Y two K? Y two K. Which is just so crazy that the, I don't. I'm kind of surprised that the game, when the game came out, and that was a that was a plot point. It didn't make like a big, like media stink. Mm. You know, in this video game, it portrays that Y2K distrib also distributed this other program where the government's watching you and stuff. It's basically what this is, which is really really fucking terrifying. Like I, like I just said before, the, this game is gaming's 1984. Yeah, it predicted so much shit. So. She gives a little more insight into the Patriots and promptly gets murdered by Vamp. And Otacon cries and her parakeet or parrot or whatever it is <laughs> says some stuff. I miss you. Yes, yes. E.E. <laughs> e. <laughs> oh! Yeah. But then there is an awesome shot where... Right in snake. Oh, you're talking about the shot he, where they walk towards the camera yeah. and he's got the bird. Yeah, that shot yeah. is so epic for it's no epic, reason. You got to laugh at the same time because Otacon is leading like these two super soldiers and he's just this former anime otaku with a parrot on his arm crying. <laughs> Not only that, but I love the I love the secret handshake between Snake and Otacon and then they hug each other after. I'm just like, yo. Yo, bros the, for life. The biggest... the <laughs> biggest group of bros right there even though even though uh even though snake is always cock blocking out in every game he literally kills yeah, true. Or, or or indirectly causes the death of like everybody out gets into yeah that's true but anyway so the part of this game that was the most annoying to me was when you have to snipe all of the enemies while emma um uh, goes across the platforms. Yes. And you have to constantly use the, uh, what's that item? Pentazamine. The... Yeah. 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 Sniping is frustrating in this game because it tried to be realistically like your reticle will shake everywhere, but it's a little over the top. So there is yeah. an item that you have to acquire. You don't acquire, you can pick it up. It's like a consumable mm -hmm. that calms you down and makes it a little easier. I feel like the, the the only reason it's really frustrating I and I totally agree with you, Delilah, it's one of the weaker part of the games and it's very frustrating to do. Um it, the, the most frustrating part about it is that it that the whole shake thing only happens with the sniper rifle. Yeah. It doesn't happen with like the stinger launcher, even just like a handgun. And you know, a sniper rifle, it's it's a longer gun, it's heavier. I get it, but not to the extent that the game portrays. If the item lasted a lot longer, I would have been fine with it. It it the it really cool like takes a long it takes a really short time to run out and you, you have to keep 
using them. And then it's not like you're only sniping a few enemies. Like you have constantly respawning drones or whatever they're called. Ciphers, yeah. Ciphers, yeah. Um, And so you have to make sure you're shooting those because they will kill Emma. And if you die, you have to start all over because she has to pass through three platforms. So that was like Dark Souls level shit right there for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, I, no, I, rem- I remember back in the day failing a lot at that particular junction. Just the, yeah, the, they don't, especially when you get on harder difficulties. I, I speed ran the game on hard, got to that point. And when you go on harder, uh, higher difficulties, they start limiting how much you can carry of any given thing. So I think on normal, you could carry up to 10 pentazamine. Oh. Hard was five. Mm. Yeah. You And you go through that pretty fast in that section yeah um but they drop a few i think like there's some in the area that you can pick up i i I managed to luck out and had that five last me until the very end so i I didn't notice oh okay but uh, i'm gonna play through on extreme at some point so we'll see how it goes then it was frustrating but i was glad in a way because i felt like there were so many items in this game and i didn't really use all of them so that and the and the whole fat man uh, part of the game is where I use the most items. Okay. Yeah, and, and something to bring up real quick. Don't have to linger on this for too long, but pretty much every item you get in the game is like useful for more than just its like initial purpose. Like the big example I can think of is the coolant spray. Right. The coolant spray was useful even past the bomb defusal. That's why they never get rid of it from your inventory. Mm-hmm. You can you can like uh, not distract. You can like it freaks out enemies. You can spray guards with it. You can can you spray to detect lasers with it? I never tried. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, um, I think you have to spray the the box that acts activates the lasers. I don't know. I forgot. Um, you can you can definitely shoot fire extinguishers to yeah to find to yeah do that yeah and uh, yeah if you put a guard to sleep you can spray their face with coolant spray to wake them up. Um, you, oh, can you? I never did that. I just yeah. kick. I just kept kicking them. Now, if you want to, if you want to wake up, up, if you want to wake up a guard, you can use the coolant spray and spray it on them, and it'll it'll wake them up over time. Uh, you have to use it to move bugs away. Oh yeah. Uh, it, it everything in the game does does have a use more than its like initial purpose, and I I I, I really appreciate that. It's just masterful game type game design, mm-hmm. and you know I've ranted a few times on this show before about how sick I'm getting of open world games, and it's games like this that reinforce that belief I have that game design is just lacking in the modern day in that regard. Just a, a, even a much smaller area can contain so much more if designed properly. Yeah, and, and t- looking speaking of looking at the map of Big Shell, it's like it's it's amazing to think how the, the longevity you got out of such a simple map. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very much it's very much uh Metro Metroidvania in style to a degree. Mm-hmm. So Emma gets killed and and you meet up you meet back up with Snake Otacon, Otacon's as his last goodbye and everything. And that's when we really start to get this one, the, the one of the themes that I mentioned at the top of the show, betrayal. Where Cyborg Ninja shows up, Snake's like, yeah, I never said I was on your side. And they knock out Raiden. 
use him to get onto Arsenal. And Ryan gets tortured naked. You fi- you you find out. Oh, my adoptive dad's here. Yeah, it's 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 similar to the situation that happens to you in MGS One. I mean, not the betrayal, but the whole torture sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like it, the at f- that point, does he find out who killed his parents, or was that later on? I think that's at the very the very end. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'll just... but. That's when Solidus goes into his backstory of being a child soldier, and we find all that out. We get another conversation with Rosemary talking about it, and Olga sets him free, and you do the little sneaky in the nude. Yeah. Running around, covering your private parts, and that's when things start to get a little crazy. Right. Which is one of the one of, one of my favorite parts of the game, just because of the memes ironic um that come out of it i need scissors 61 and uh all that crazy stuff when you go on your uh, codec the colonel quote-unquote starts freak twitching out saying crazy fourth fourth wall breaking shit um he starts naming off like japanese districts he starts telling you like oh you have to save meryl uh he says tells it, you to turn the game console off. Yes, you've been playing too long. Which, which it's is bad for you. We can talk about real quick because most of these most of these bits happen right at this section of the game. Uh, is is the amount of times this game just decides? All right, we're gonna fucking break the fourth wall. Turn off at, the at game console point, now. You've been playing too long. At this point, if you die, it still says fission mail right? yeah. <laughs> instead of uh, mission failed. I don't know if it does it quite at this point. It, it does it right. Or is after it later before. after? Yeah, after yeah, yeah. It, it happens it once you start fighting with the sword. Yes. Okay. I think. Yes. So, yeah, sneaking around Arsenal, Colonel's off. Uh, Colonel's going off the fritz, and that would be because he he was an AI all along. The calls are coming from inside the walls. Right. right. Basically. Uh, Basically, it's subtly, or not so subtly, depending on how you look at it, revealed to you that you've basically been working for the Patriots all along. Colonel Campbell is part of the GW AI. Um, well, and the like, Colonel is part of the GW The Colonel, yeah. Um, and his face kind of hollows out, and you can see this skull. Um, although, when you, talk to, when you keep talking to Rosemary on the codec, I, I was always confused by that because it doesn't seem like she's necess- she's not necessarily saying she's part of the AI, but she's talking very similarly so, to the, as the colonel. I think I think that because uh, I I I was a little confused by that playing through the game again too, and I I think what they were trying to accomplish was the Rosemary's whole bit was that she her job was to basically spy on Ryden, become close to him, be whoever be whoever he wanted her to be and then she fell in love with him and then she fell in love with him but i think the whole idea is is blending reality with fantasy is to make us make us question like is that the real rosemary or is that conversation the real rosemary what's real what's fake it's it's another one of those moments where we're just trying to question we're starting to question what's actually happening especially with her right um You get into that one. Oh, another thing that I noticed, because um, when you pause while in Arsenal, you get that weird image of for for a map 
which is this completely off the wall reference to like Ouroboros and the world turtle and something else. Yeah, like whole myths. Like each area has the name of of a different inside part of an animal. Like there's literally, I I believe there was a part of the ship called the rectum. Like there's (laughs) there's a part that's the ascending colon, so on and so forth. Yeah. One thing I noticed was I when you when you run out into the main part of Arsenal that you sneak around in, um, in the room that you start in, there's actually medicine that you can grab because walking around in this cold area, completely buck-ass naked, uh, Ryan can catch a cold. He can start sneezing, and that'll alert guards. But there's medicine you can grab to to get rid of that. Again, pointing the amount of detail that went into this game. Yeah, so I, I ran back in there to get it, and as I came back out to the main part, the the you know how the name of the area pops up on the screen. I noticed it changed to Izabu Juban, which is a subway stop in Tokyo. Oh, really? Yes. Um, it's it's actually where um the the my satellite college that I studied abroad in is located. It's like right oh, there, wow. which I thought was I took a screenshot of it. I thought it was so bizarre and hilarious. <laughs> I never maybe the game, before. maybe the game read your passport and just know. <laughs> yeah, they, they they have access to everything. The Patriots. Um, but yeah, you once you get past that part, um, you run up and down this hallway for a while. Uh, your your solid ton radar starts showing a girl napping in a chair. Everything goes just totally off the walls. Snake shows yeah. up, gives you your shit, and gives you a fucking sword. And uh, when you ask about, you know, the ammo situation, Snake's like, don't worry, I got it. And he, like, winks at you, infinite ammo. Yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the last, uh, no, I guess not the last, but the big fourth wall breaking moment that I wanted to bring up. Because I just, I think it's so tongue-in-cheek funny. Um, also, another thing <laughs> that I think is kind of funny. Um, at least I, I don't, I don't remember if you can get it on normal. I didn't find it, but on definitely on hard and on extreme in, in the dock that you start in, you can find a shaver. And during the part where you meet with Pliskin for the first time, if you have the shaver, Raiden gives it to him. And at that part where Snake shows up in, in Arsenal gear, if he, if you gave him the shaver, when he shows back up, his face is clean shaven. Really? Wow. Yes, that's, that's like great. that's an Easter egg that's in the game, which I think is really funny. I didn't know that. The, and of course, the infinite ammo. Of course, apart from it being just a tongue-in-cheek reference to like you know video game cheats, and obviously we're way past simply breaking the fourth wall. Um, it's also a reference to in Metal Gear Solid One, uh, you could play through the game, and I don't remember if it was just a reward for a normal playthrough. Uh, and you could just use it on secondary or if you had to beat it on like hard mode or something. It might have but been for it a was... speed run under a certain time or something. Yeah. Um, but there was a way to get an infinite ammo um, unlockable in MGS1. It really plays and it really helps to play into um, the whole idea that we don't, that we want to look at. We're looking at Snake now through different eyes and they really want him to look like a badass. He's this veteran soldier, and that's how we're right. supposed to see him. So him having which this is fucking bandana that gives him in- infinite ammo. Which is basically <laughs> with the way the player sees him, 
is the way Ryan's supposed to see him. And that goes back to the very beginning. We're talking about the node where you put in your name. Um, it's you're supposed to put in the player's name did, in the node. Did you just did you just say nerd? I said node. <laughs> <laughs> so you're asking for it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so you go into that next section. This is the last like fourth wall breaking moment that yeah Delilah mentioned when you start fighting dudes. Dudes are Tengu soldiers just start showing up, swords, guns, what have you. You're just slaying them, and then suddenly you get the mission failed screen. Except it says... Fission mailed. And you're still able to play in that tiny little screen on... Yeah. Just the wacky shit they start throwing. And the the whole idea is that the... the Emma had this... Had this... uh, worm cluster that was supposed to act like fox die in the grand scheme of things and that was fucking up the ai um so by that time it starts kicking in and everything starts going off the fritz Mm -hmm. because as we've learned by this point the actual people who were the patriots are dead and they're now no we haven't learned that by this point i thought i thought the colonel already said it over the codec and he said we are more of an ai Oh, man. That's not until you fight the last. After you fight the last boss, I think. Jason, you're spoiling in the spoiler <laughs> cast. God damn it! We're not even there yet, man. <laughs> so, yeah, go fight dudes. Then we get to that big encounter we were talking about earlier. We're jumping all around. This is such a complicated game to cover. Um, right. Thanks for sticking with us, everyone. But yeah, then you get you get triple crossers. And double crossers, you find out for, the reason nothing can hit fortune is because Patriots gave her this thing that makes bullets just not hit her, and it gets deactivated and she gets killed. Um, Olga's helping you because her her child is being held captive, and Raiden can't die because if Raiden dies, her child dies. So Raiden needs to live, but he knows that killing Solidus means the Patriots win, and... It's. He's basically got a no-win situation. He either denies the Patriots, Olga's kid dies, and he helps Solidus, quote-unquote, free New York City from the control of the Patriots, which in turn may or may not cause global economic catastrophe, or he helps the Patriots and they continue their, I don't know, reign over the United States. Evil evil reign which is represented by this ai and the selection for societal sanity which is basically mass censorship and control of people through control of information which goes back to the the theme of meme yes and i I wanted to read the definition of meme um that I, i threw in here which is an element of a culture or and yeah this is the actual definition of a meme it's not a funny picture that you find on reddit <laughs> Although that does somewhat fit into the real definition, right? Well, I mean, yeah, the, the the real definition, which is an element of a culture or system of behavior that may be considered to be passed from one individual to another by non-genetic memes, especially imitation. So that that like the memes are called memes because that's that's what they're that's what they are that's what they do. It's an element yeah, the, of culture. Was I believe the phrase wasn't it actually invented by like. It was one of the four horsemen of like atheists. What, what was his name? Uh, wasn't uh, 
It wasn't the one guy who's dead. I don't. Uh, I, I don't remember his name. Anyway, I don't know. Um, Doctor. He wrote. He wrote a. He PhD. wrote a famous. He wrote a famous book about about memes and how it would affect the future. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, so totally, totally off the rails. Let's get back to the game. Yeah. So yeah, selection for societal sanity. Really, what what that was trying to accomplish was that they they could was so that the patriots. It was to prove that the patriots could uh, control somebody without them knowing. Which, which is basically what they did to Raiden. Raiden was com- none, completely none the wiser, had no idea, and just carried out orders because he was told to carry out orders. Mm-hmm. Didn't question them. Didn't didn't wonder, you know, what's actually going on. He just did it, and that doubles into they tell him to kill Solidus, and that coupled with him knowing that that he's he's kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Uh, as far as as far as Solidus goes, if he doesn't kill him and Solidus kills Raiden, then Olga's child dies. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want that to happen. That's blood on his hands. So, your final and, boss. Yeah, and let's be completely frank here. If I was Raiden, I would have chose to fight Solidus just because it's aesthetically probably the coolest boss fight <laughs> yeah. in, in that game, if not I won't say the entire series because that's not true. But yes, it, it, you fight, and and also we we kind of glossed over this, but Solidus was the former president of the United States. Oh my God! Yes, we, we ne- kind of neglected to mention. Yes, he was. We forgot to. He was he the did. George Sears that was mentioned in Metal Gear Solid One. He was the former president of the United States that spoke to Ocelot on the phone in the post-credit scene of Metal Gear Solid One. And he was forced to resign by the Patriots as a result of. The events of Metal Gear Solid 1. Yes. He is the former president of the United States, and you fight the former president of the United States on the top of on top of Federal Hall with Which you're, you're bas- Yeah, you're basically on the wreckage of Metal Gear Arsenal, which has crashed into New York City, um, and you're just fucking dueling it out with swords. And, you know, we also forgot to mention that Solidus is like, got a Doc Ock suit in addition to his oh, muscle yeah. suit. <laughs> yeah, he's got those two arms. And he's got swords. He had P90s, dual P90s that could somehow cause things to explode. But anyway, um yeah, you have a big sword fight. That was a fun that was a fun final boss. Yeah, I love that. I love that boss. It's good stuff. Second best fight. It's it's second. I think it's in terms of final bosses. It's second only to uh, the end of Metal Gear Solid Three. Uh, and then you'll leave it at that. Yep, exactly. <laughs> no, I would never spoil the ending of that game. Um, it's it's perhaps one of the best endings of all time in gaming. So, Delilah, second to what? Which fight for you? Uh, Fat Man. Okay. Okay. Just curious. Uh, fun fact, real quick. I remember, remember, remember my embarrassing story about my controller uh, in the Uncharted episode hmm. that, I, that I told, where, where I bit the controller out of rage. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. So that controller <laughs> went through some more, um, went through some more battle damage as a result of this game. You have issues, really? man. <laughs> but um, what fight was that, it? The very last fight. That fight, but on extreme. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> uh with how hard it is to get rations uh i was i i was and you get hit you start bleeding and if you don't have rations to fix it you're you're kind of hosed uh so i broke the handle on that control that same controller <laughs> my god by throwing it at the floor <laughs> i'm much better now this was a, I, I would hope so this was a long time ago but holy you might want to go see a therapist <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I, I'm no expert, but something says to me that breaking your controller's handle, hey man, is not healthy. You gotta have you got always gotta have a good gamer rage story. Um, so yeah, pretty good final boss. I enjoyed it, and then we go into the whole ending sequence. Ocelot, there's this whole melodramatic scene. Ocelot falls, looks up with his arm, and then dies. And Raiden goes you down to Solidus? the street. Who did I say? Ocelot. God damn it. Solidus. Yeah. You literally just spoiled the ending of another game. No, I didn't. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't have if you hadn't said anything. No, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't spoil anything. Actually, that's not that's not how we dive in that game. No, shut up, Jason. <laughs> um, something else we forgot to mention was like the final betrayal of before it, Arsenal crashes is <laughs> Ocelot gets taken over by Liquid again, and we find Hello, out brother. Ocelot was you know working for the Patriots or whatever, and Liquid wants to destroy the Patriots. Of course he does, so he takes Ray and leaves. Which we never even find out how Liquid knew about the Patriots up until this point. Because he was in Ocelot's brain. And Ocelot but... knows about them, so <laughs> therefore Liquid knows about them. But why would Liquid want to destroy the Patriots, though? Because they're bad. I don't know. Do, are, do, is <laughs> Whatever. That, is that really what you want to question here? I, I just wish Liquid had never been in the rest of the series after one. But anyway... So yeah, Raiden Raiden's down on the street, and there's like no one on the street, and then suddenly everyone's out on the street. It's kind of a weird just, sequence. Just going, well, it's it's very much part of the the theme of societal control. I think just the fact that everybody seems to be going about their normal day lives, as there's just like a fucking giant wreckage behind them. Yeah, and there's two weird dudes in tights. Yeah, in the middle of the street. <laughs> um we go through this whole thing and this is where the name comes in where Raiden has these dog tags with whatever name you gave him and Snake's like what's that? He's like oh nothing. He's like carve your own name for yourself and Raiden throws them away. That's So the, whatever that's whatever the name you put into the node that. yeah whatever name you put into the node will show up on those dog tags. Yeah because it's supposed to be like you're supposed to project yourself onto Raiden at first until Raiden becomes his own character. And yeah. then it's like, okay, Raiden's going to be his own character now. It's basically the idea of these soldiers freeing themselves from your expectations, etc. Um, which was obviously something that would become very controversial and would cause many of the fan base to hate the game, although I think they hated it more because just because they didn't get to play a snake the yeah. entire time. Yeah. Un, un, until years <laughs> later when the people actually started to understand and now it's like 
it's not I wouldn't even say a cult hit. It's like so many of the fans will say it's one of their favorites of the series, if not like their second, maybe even their first favorite. Their first mm-hmm. favorite, which is to say their favorite. Yeah. <laughs> um during that ending and I, Delilah there's a trophy for it so I'm I'm sure you know um during that whole sequence about the dog tags there's a part where the camera pans and if you look far in the back you can see vamp dun, alive dun, dun, dun. and well watching you and yeah then the game ends and there's nothing more there's nothing important left to talk about with it Nothing yeah. at all. There's no uh there's no post credits post credits conversation whatsoever with with a big revelation. Oh, wait a minute. I I <laughs> when I was doing this play, no, it's weird cuz when I was doing this play this play um through I didn't stay through the post credits. I just I just kind of got up and did my thing and when I got back it was already back to the menu. Oh, but I always I always remember there being another Ocelot cuz Ocelot always has a fucking th- phone conversation with with no. the president so the the i mean granted the president's dead in this game but... the, the post credits <laughs> the post credit scene in this one is snake and os and otacon talking where otacon finds the names of the patriots the 12 names of the people and they've been dead for a hundred years right and also one of them is supposedly one of their biggest one of philanthropy's biggest contributors um that's where that revelation comes in at the very end jason yeah i see maybe it's just because i've always remembered that being the big revelation and i thought it had come earlier in the game i'm so confused yeah i'm getting <laughs> too old for this shit i drank so much beer this past weekend Ooh, was it good beer because i it's just a lot of yingling oh come on man you're killing me dude i needed something cheap yingling all right i'm i'm I usually like if if i'm gonna drink something to enjoy it to savor it it would be something much darker but i, I mean yangling's a philly staple i can't completely knock you but yeah that's metal gear solid 2 we did lots it lots of lots of shit going on lots of different themes that are present in different characters in different situations it's all it's all too much yeah. It's overwhelming. Hopefully, if you played this game for the first time, and and now you're listening to this frenetic and all over the place episode, you have at least somewhat of a better better understanding of of what. Oh, the by the doing. way, before we close this out completely, Rosemary is pregnant. Oh yeah, Rosemary's pregnant. She that's says like that the while... last. That's like the last thing she says to you. She says that while all the stuff, or she alludes to it while all the the. The stuff's going haywire, and you find out that yeah, she's indeed pregnant, and and they do, and Ryden and her do meet in the streets and decide yeah, we need to we need to work on who we actually are and discover who we actually are. So they get a happy ending, which is it's good. Yeah, you know, it's sorry. Right. The one, the one good thing it does set up for, I think Ryden is the one piece of. Not one piece. There's a lot, but one piece is a is an anime. We're not. We're not. No, uh, you didn't let me finish. <laughs> Fucking let me finish speaking, Mark. Okay. <laughs> Fucking asshole. All I was gonna say was, if there was one thing that I don't think 
I can really criticize that much, if at all, of the later, chronologically speaking, story of the game. It's Raiden. I think uh, they did a pretty good job with that, if anything. And we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that. One one last thing. Uh, usually I pose uh, a question to you guys. Uh, I chose not to do that with this episode because I couldn't think of an interesting enough question. I have a question. Oh. I'm not sure if it's interesting, though. Oh, okay, go ahead. Let's go for it. Delilah's well, mixing it up. How would you feel if they remade this game to the capacity that they remade a game the like Resident Evil 2? I don't think so because they would have to take away a fixed camera and that completely changes this game. Mm-hmm. I... If there's a game that more desperately needs a remake... It's Metal Gear. Yes. The original. So people have a better understanding of the entire lore of the saga in its entirety. And that's where I'd want <laughs> that's that's where I'd want like a full blown like Resident Evil two treatment remake this game from the ground up. Okay. Um this game I really feel still holds up extraordinarily well yes the character models even right even yeah something we didn't really even talk about was the art style of this game i it like it's not cell shaded it's but it's very colorful it's very vibrant and it's very smooth and it makes it so it's pretty timeless it doesn't feel it looks it looks in many ways almost like a nintendo game it just, of the time period. Sure. Like, it feels... It, it doesn't feel dated. It doesn't feel like it's aged poorly. It, it's not like Metal Gear Solid 1 in most games, unfortunately, on the PlayStation 1, where they were built with these very poorly textured polygons, all in, all or, in the effort of getting to 3D, which they it did spectacularly, but that stuff doesn't hold up really that well. But this It also really helps does. that... It also helps that unlike Metal Gear Solid 3, which takes place in the jungle, so there's a lot of tiny little textures, details, grass, leaves, weird mixtures of textures, moss. Um, th- this is mostly flat surfaces. You're mostly indoors. It's, it's industrial. And when you're outdoors, yeah. yeah, it's industrial. That's the word I'm looking for. So I would, I would say with the exception of like character models and cinematics, I, in many ways, it holds up better than three. I, I think I'd agree. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting question. Yeah, good. Uh, man, I want a remake of Metal Gear. It'll actually get me to play through it. <laughs> or we can just get like an actual Raiden, a continuation of Raiden yeah, spinoff. Well, you know. I'd love that, but here's the thing. This is this is an answer to Delilah's question. This is an answer to anything we could talk about about the future of Metal Gear. I don't trust Konami to do anything meaningful with it. I don't think there is a future of Metal Gear, and it makes me sad. Same. I mean, granted, like, what can you do without really ruining anything further? Yeah. To be honest. It does make me excited for the future of Death Stranding. Yeah, because this yeah. like re- replaying this game really put into perspective what we're possibly getting ourselves into. Yeah. Later this year, November 8th. Yeah. 
Get ready to do some cartwheels with Norman Reedus. <laughs> I Imagine be, if that was in Death Stranding. You could I just would do be cartwheels. So happy with that that big ass like astronaut setup you got going on. And you you're have just to do doing it with the baby wheels. in your hand, though. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if like we're just gonna be using the baby as a weapon. You hit people with it. <laughs> oh my god. Maybe the baby is the main character, and it's not Norman Reedus. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I, that, that's, that's a funny thing we, we could talk about, like with the bait and switch that happened with this, I'm, and with how little we've seen of Death Stranding, I wonder if we will get some sort of bait and switch with that game too. Yeah. It remains to be seen. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, one thing, one thing we didn't really talk about much. Well, we talked about it a little bit, sprinkled throughout. There were, there are lots of Easter eggs in this game. Just like a, a note to end on. I completely forgot Johnny was in this one. Yeah, the, that, that's the big, big one that I want to talk about. You know, we have the seagulls pooping, and you can slip on it. You got the posters of women everywhere, uh, and and you got nudie mags you can throw out, and guards will look at them. Yeah, and you got the dog tags, the Vulcan Raven statue, the mission failed screen actually has statistics on your playthrough uh, hidden on it, which is an interesting detail. Mm-hmm. But Johnny. There are two instances where you can listen in and, and find out that Johnny is there. Johnny being the guard in Metal Gear Solid 1 who had chronic diarrhea. And he ends up in Metal Gear Solid 4 being ah. a hero. I'm just, I was just going to say a hero. And honestly, my favorite character in that game besides Raiden. Yeah. I love Johnny. He, he was pretty cool. It was cool how they they did like a a funny little joke to pull the series together, like that. Yeah. All right. Do we have any other final notes, or can we go to bed now? <laughs> oh, I'm good. I have said all I have to say. Delilah. You can keep talking about these game, this game, and these game uh, forever. God, yeah, this is, we're already over two hours. We could have wow, easily talked no about way. this game for another two hours. Oh my God. But no, I'm good. I'm good. Lots, good. Of, lots of confusing <laughs> themes. Well, Delilah, if you, if you really want to like come to a better understanding, you could listen to the latest episode of Reap the Spoils covering Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, so this was this was the Reaper Spoils episode for Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. Uh the next episode we're doing What game are we doing? Spider-Man. Dun, 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 dun. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> yes, next game we're covering is Marvel Spider-Man uh for PlayStation 4 that came out last year. So go uh go load up that I haven't played that thing. I haven't played that at all yet, so I'm excited. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh. Well, that is exciting. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Delilah, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, I, I, no. I'm okay. Asasina everywhere. I stream. I do other podcasts, but those have been kind of slow. Okay. Not as uh, consistent as these. Okay. And uh, I'm never on it, but now you might know why my Twitter name is Solid Quaz. <laughs> Aww. Because I'm a Geary. 
Stop it. No. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can find Delilah at Asasina underscore San on Twitter. Is that underscore everywhere too? No, sometimes it's just a dash. All right. So if you want to find Play her on a social it. media, yeah, just like switch between. If you don't find her with the hyphen, try the underscore. You'll find her. Jason just doesn't talk, so don't follow him. Uh, you I don't. Can, I don't talk because I'm too busy partying. Come join the party. You can find me at Nibelheimian. If anybody uh, like who's listening to this is wondering that that's what Fat Man says to you. I'm I'm just not saying that randomly. I should hope that if they played the game, they would know that, Jason. Because yeah, because if if they're listening to this like out of context, that probably sounds really weird. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me at Nibble High Man, and we have a Facebook group. Join the Facebook group. Talk to us in the Facebook group. Facebook group. Facebook group. Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, you listen to the show. Probably listen to the show on either YouTube or Apple spotify and google um if you like the show please rate review give us a good rating tell us why you like the show if you do give us nice comments we like nice comments we'll respond to you and uh that's it i'm gonna go to bed yeah me too sorry about the sound issues also which is partially why i was so quiet besides being very confused (laughs) all right thanks for listening Night, everybody. What if they listen to this in the morning, Jason? What if this is their commute? You know what? I make exceptions for no one. <laughs>